We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to this week's version of Talking Yang. Jeff Erickson, Chris Liss here. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Chris, you were talking about on your Thanksgiving that you were picking, like, you, you were working in the fields for olive oil or something like that on the show. Tell me, everybody, again, what this was, because it sounded terrible. Yeah, more or less. We went to this, uh, we have some friends, these British people who stayed at this, like, country manor up in the Dow region of Portugal. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive north of Lisbon. And they said it was pretty cool. So we, uh, they did it for the wine making and then there's olive oil making. So we drove up and, uh, you know, we had dinner there. We got there at night, had dinner. The guy just feeds you unlimited amounts of wine cause he makes his own wine. And then, uh, next morning in the morning you get your old like jeans on and stuff and you get kind of muddy out there and you each get a rake and you rake the olives. You have like a hundred olive trees, but there were like 12, right near the property and you get out there and you put the mats down and you rake the olives off and you know, it takes a while. There's a lot of olives on them and all the olives drop in the mats and then you roll up the mats and pour them into buckets. And we got like, I want to say we got like 20 buckets, like big buckets, the size of a gar- a large garbage can full of olives. And then basically they put it through a machine that gets, you know, you, you take out like the big leaves and sticks that are mixed in, but He'll go put it through a machine that blows off all the rest of the leaves, and then they put it through an olive press. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen how that works, but it basically squeezes all the 
you know, the olives together and okay. depits them and, and the oil comes pouring out. Um, we didn't get to that point. We just did all the picking for them. So we basically paid money to stay there. We were well fed and well, uh, boozed, but we, uh, it's probably too much information for people, this whole story. But basically we saw how olives go from tree to, uh, to bottle. Um, and then he, you know, took me and Heather to his winemaking area and we saw that too. So, you know, it's cool if you ever want to buy some land and, make olive oil or wine like it's it's kind of a process man but olives are easier than the wine but you know you're like okay this is this is what it would take right it kind of sounds to me like you're paying to work while hung over um and granted you get good wine for it yeah that's pretty much that's right paying to work while hung over but the wine is really clean up in that region so you don't really have a bad hangover and they fed you like beef stew and dessert and stuff so you were pretty well fed so the hangover wasn't bad uh and you're outdoors and sort of like you know misty rainy 55 60 degree weather it's pretty nice and invigorating carrying all the stuff and i was like i felt good doing it like you know we only work for like i want to say two two hours a day basically okay that, all right i guess that's fine and sasha did some of the work you know the kids were involved they have kids the people who want child labor all right uh, this is getting rich. better yeah child labor also okay great yeah um, it was good it was good though man it was it was a good uh it's a good experience what about you I uh, had a soccer tournament for Aaron. That was fun. Uh, won three games and lost two to one in the finals. Aaron scored the goal in the two one game, at least. So there was that. Uh, but, you know, it was fr- a little frustrating because we played this tournament usually is a little bit more competitive. And our first competitive game was the final. Like we were trying not to score in the game before that. We won eight nothing. Uh, it was one of those after one quarter is four nothing. So we were saying, okay, ten passes before you can shoot. Only shoot with your left foot. Things like that, and no one really benefits from that. And so, like, we didn't even allow a shot on goal, let alone a goal on those first three games. So we finally got to someone who, you know, basically punched back. It's like, oh, you know, we have to turn it on again. And I don't think we were quite ready for that. So we, uh, I mean, it's good for us in the long run. We got a pretty good team. It's going to be a fun team to coach in All Stars too. This is like the first time they play together. You know, we have a fall regular season where they're with all sorts of various skilled players, and then they come together around Thanksgiving for a tournament, which leads into the All-Star season. So this is like the first start to the All-Star season for us. So that's good. Nice. So are you like more Mike McCarthy or more Belichick? How would you put yourself on the scale? <sighs> I'm definitely not Mike McCarthy because I'm nice. Um, I don't want to see that face on the screen again. Ugh. God, it was just frustrating to see that. Um, I don't know what I am. Um, I'll let others answer that one there. But, you know, we, we, we do well. I just, we, I'm kind of like Marty Schottenheimer. I finished second a lot. Uh, I got to find out. We, we've won. We've won. won the, you're like Marvin Lewis, right? I'd say you're more Marvin Lewis. No, I've actually won a playoff game. Zing. Uh, but, okay, okay, and that's so, a perfect segue because okay. the universe is trolling me because – First of all, there was a report going out before the game. You know, oh, the, you know, Marvin Lewis could be transitioning the, the team over to Hugh Jackson. They, they brought him on the staff. He was their guy that they had in mind when Marvin, you know, a few years ago when Hugh Jackson was on the staff. So I got all these people tweeting at me, ah, Bengals fan, ah, and all that. Then today, uh, Andy Dalton goes on IR with his thumb injury, and the Bengals claim Tom Savage off waivers, allowing you to make your joke. I got people already saying, cue a barbaric joke. Okay, great. All right, get it over with. No, no, no. I, I don't, I'm not going to make that joke. Okay. It's, it's, not, till, not today at I'm least. I'm way too civilized to even, too civilized for that. 
I doubt that. Uh, you just didn't have the timing. I said, you don't want to be set up. You want to wait to just have a gratuitous shot at me. So when I'm least expecting it. No, I just, I just, you know, I just don't think, I think that, uh, I already made the joke, but you just missed it. But anyway, Oh, you're too civilized. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. All right. Very good. Well played. I did miss it. You're right. I'm so self loathing. Yeah, you gotta right explain now. jokes to your co host, man. You know the podcast is, is going south. Yeah, it is. It it really is. What did it, but you know, it was it ever north? Uh, that's the question. Um so Bengals yeah. season is done. I mean it was already done. They were losing twenty eight seven at the time Dalton got hurt and it had no life. Um so you that doesn't finish the season. The season was already finished. And, you know, the thing that bothers me is now, like, oh, hey, it was, they were going along fine, and then they had all these injuries, and Andy Dalton finished it. Andy Dalton's thumb injury finished it off. They were never that good. They got smoked by the Chiefs. They lost at home to the Steelers, and then they had a slew of injuries. Um, this was not that great of a team anyhow. And I'm back to my hyper-negative ways that I was before the season, before they started off 4-1, and one. Uh, because – it's really just a waste of time. They, they're they not even going to get a top 10 pick, or maybe they will because they'll lose out the rest of the way or something like that. But they're not going to get like the quarterback of the future in the next draft unless they get lucky and they find someone in the second or third round because they probably won't get. No, but they're not going to get the quarterback because they're not going to take a quarterback because they don't realize they need a quarterback. I think they do. I think they do need. I think they got to realize. I think it's going to be a new coach. The only question is, are they going to take, are they going to go out and be creative with their coach? Are they actually going to get a real GM? Probably not. That's the problem. And that's just why we're going to be stuck in the mud forever. I mean, people are going to make the hire Hugh Jackson jokes. Well, is Jeff Fisher available? Uh, he knows how to get him up to respectability at 7 and 9, 8 and 8 at least. You know, things like that. Um, I really think that that's kind of the path. It's, yeah, but, you know, Jeff, I find this whole situation a little hard to sympathize with because, you know, last year when McAdoo got fired, uh, there was some rumor briefly that Marvin Lewis might go to the Giants. And you actually tweeted at me in a mocking way about that. Did I? I don't and remember so that. And so then the joke was on too when he actually re-upped with the Bengals. And I feel like this is a bit of karma just for that tweet that you sent. So you're complaining and wanting people to feel sorry for you who listen to this podcast. But, you know, you were it, it, when the shoe was on the other foot, it was plenty funny to tweet at me. So... Uh, I think you're just kind of getting what's coming to you, actually. The, no, the joke is when they already re-signed Marvin for two more years, and we went from a 15-year plan to a 17-year plan. Uh, okay. Yeah, but you. But before that happened, you tweeted at me that Marvin was going to go to the Giants, and you were laughing. I don't recall that. Yeah, well, let's. I can. I'll. I'll search for it. I, I'm saying that in jest. I think I, I can acknowledge that I did do that. There probably is some karmic comeback. Yeah. But why do I only? Why can't I make fun of you ever? You always get to make fun of my Bengals. You've at least won a Super. Your team's at least won a Super Bowl with yeah, Eli, four, no less. Actually. But uh, two with Eli, but four total. You know, in my conscious lifetime, I wasn't around for the early like NFL championships that they had before. You know, in the pre-Super Bowl era, I think they won like fourteen or something. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I have karma. I've, I've caused a lot of problems, you know, with things I've tweeted and said and caused things, bad things to happen too. Of course. Okay. As long as we're, we're, we're on board with that. Okay. Other stuff, a lot of big injuries this week. Uh, you know, Jack, Jack Doyle out for the season with a kidney injury. So, 
you know, we had that little clip from our XM show today uh, pushed out about, hey, you should be starting Eric Ebron all the time. Now it's kind of like wasted because it's Captain Obvious advice. Now people are going to think that that's what we meant. But we did it before any news of the injury even came out. Kind of like, you know, like yeah, you got to start. Uh, so, of course, yeah, of course you do. Uh, but now that that's he's like done. A, he's like the number five tight end or the number four tight end right now. Right. Yeah, it's just only because of the snap count, and you know he got had the shutout two weeks ago. But I, you know what, tight ends happen all. You know, tight ends suck all the time. You know, you get bad tight end games all the time. Gronk has had plenty of bad games. Well, here's the question: Would you rather have a tight end that played every snap, got seven? Tar- no, not seven. How about five targets a game, and played every snap, or a tight end that played, you know, maybe a quarter of the snaps, got three targets a game? But all of those targets were two out of those three targets are always in the end zone. You'd probably rather have the latter, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely. You'd rather have the latter. I mean, it's of, of course. Um, by the way, I thought I'd go back. I, I had one more thought on the Bengals thing, and I know I'm going all, all in on the Bengals, but this was, uh, you know, there's a tweet from the ESPN Bengals writer. She goes, I usually hate playing this game, but Patrick Holmes was sitting there at the at number nine in the 2017 draft, and the Bengals took John Ross. Uh, and then someone else says, I love playing this game. Bold moves are built by build, you know, you know, build teams. The Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes to take him, even though they already had Alex Smith. They don't need Mahomes. We have already we have Andy Dalton. We thought, you know, that, that, that's I love that. I like it. He's absolutely right. It's like, yes, of course, you know. Got to have that bonus, which you talk about all the time with when it comes to Dalton or whether it's the the Ravens and Flacco. I want the Bengals to take Lamar Jackson this year. I want the Giants to take Lamar Jackson. You know, probably Lamar Jackson is not the guy, but, um, you know, you want, unless you have a superstar, if you have Russell Wilson, I'm probably not taking a QB unless it's like a Kirk Cousins situation where they took RG3 and they took Cousins because I guess they must have felt the value was too good. Um, unless you get like some crazy value in the fourth round, if you have RG, if you have Russell Wilson, <coughs> excuse me, if you have Russell Wilson, uh, you're just not going to take another QB. He's young, he's healthy. You don't need one. But if you have anything short of a top ten QB, you take a potential franchise quarterback. If you know, if you're especially if you don't even have to trade up for it, but you might even trade up for it. Like if I'm the Bengals, um, I would definitely trade up to whatever I needed to. Um, to get a franchise quarterback and the giants um, with the season ended today with the record they have, they'd be like the fifth pick. And you look at like some of the teams ahead of them would be like the jets who aren't going to take a QB. <clears throat> Although at this rate, they might um, the Niners who are not going to take a QB and there's a couple other teams, but they can't just be like, Oh great. We're the, you know, if the Raiders are the only one that really need a QB and who knows, maybe they'll stick with their car stupidly. But uh, even if if the Raiders decide to stick with Carr and those other teams don't need a QB that are ahead of them, um, the Giants still have to be careful because all these teams like the ja- like the Jaguars would be right behind the Giants. Of course they need a QB. Bortles just got benched, you know, and uh, I don't think uh, what's his name Kessler is the solution. So, you know, there's going to be teams trading up ahead of them. So just there, you know, by virtue of where you're drafting, unless you're first or second, you, you know, you're not locked into anything. Yeah, uh, and you should be, if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you should be drafting a quarterback pretty much every year. It's kind of like college with recruiting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could argue 
that you should draft more than one. That it, the, the only problem is it's really hard to develop them without playing them. But you could almost argue that like, well, all right, we have Carson Wentz, but we should also draft someone else in case Wentz gets hurt or suddenly sucks. And B, like we could trade him for a second rounder. I mean, you know, in, in a couple of years or maybe a first rounder or maybe multiple first rounders. And if, you, if you get a situation like if your quarterback got hurt, let's say, let's say the Chiefs, you know, were committed to Alex Smith still and Alex Smith gets hurt and they had um, Mahomes go crazy for, you know, a few games. You could take that. Pl- now, they, if they saw Mahomes being what he is, they would never trade him. But like, you could trade that first round pick into like two first rounders, you know. So, you, in a way, there's an argument. If you think QB is just so much more valuable, then you should draft one almost even if you have one, because just for you know, just as a currency, not as a not not to use, but to spend elsewhere. That's right, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned the, the RG three cousin situation, and they. They they thought that's hey they saw something in Cousins. Remember he cost less. I mean you know the thing is that was that was figure this out. The 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 Redskins got that part right and got everything else wrong. I mean somehow they found a way not to profit really from this whole situation. They did the whole franchise tag deal with Cousins. They couldn't get what they wanted for him. They couldn't you know RG three got hurt. You know they and yet. At the end of the day, they're still stuck in the mud. They, and now and then they they traded for Alex Smith, and you think about how weird that trade is. Now they traded away a third round pick and you know a, a starting secondary player, and you know you know paid him this crazy amount of money just to get a league average quarterback. Right, below average. Yeah, I, I, I was being nice because he Plus is coming off a massive about, year. No. He was coming off a great year. You know, let's not diminish how good Alex Smith was last year. He was really good last year. He was really good last year. Yes, he was. But anyhow, I I just that. But yeah, you need to keep keep getting these quarterbacks, and you know, you see them in practice every day. I mean, you do get to see them develop. You see how good they are, and you make that decision. You know, colleges make that. Look at Alabama. They. Put in a freshman in the national championship game when their quarterback isn't doing the job. Now he's like the top quarterback in college football this year. You know, uh, Clemson, same thing. They're starting a freshman this year. They they let the guy who was starting the year go. Basically, he he they released him from a scholarship because he wanted to. Tra- you know, he's transferring away because they told him you're not going to be the starter anymore. They saw so much in this freshman. They're like, okay, we can be better here. Like anything else, you know. The NFL yeah. should be that way. The NFL has more tenure than college, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it is. It is really weird. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And, and I just think it, it's been a total, and, and maybe back in the day, like 30 years ago, it was different, but right now it's top 10 quarterback or bust quarterbacks, you know, 14 through 30, 14 through 25, the, the bottom of the barrel is terrible. 14 through 25 are fungible and they grow on trees. Anybody could envision Teddy Bridgewater being the 18th best quarterback next year. Anybody can envision, you know, pretty much any of those rookies this year who don't look very good, except for Mayfield, who looks very good, um, being the 19th best QB next year. It's easy to get into that range. They grow on trees. They're everywhere. It's never been easier to play quarterback in the NFL. The systems are better. The rules are set up to succeed. People think, oh, the quarterback's so important. No, quarterback play is important. But the quarterback himself in a decent system 
is going to play at a decent floor level. And it just depends a lot on the rest of your team. Now, when you get a quarterback that's actually a plus, like a difference maker, a top 10 guy, well, then he'll start transcending the system, make everybody better than just a solid system and a guy who can execute the throws and, you know, pretty much just do the basics that you're supposed to do. It's, it's weird, but quarterback to me is, it's only worth something at the very top. And I think it's, it's true actually for most positions. And so it, the way people are looking at quarterback, like, oh, we have to get any quarterback. We have to long-term, no matter who we have, because it's, you know, we don't want to be lost in the wilderness. We, you know, if we, if we can lock up Dalton or Flacco or Carr, we got to do it. And that is just, it's totally false. You can get a, a Carr, Dalton, Flacco level guy off the street. It, it's just Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, Josh McCown will come in. Every year there's guys like this. Case Keenum becomes a guy. Every year there's players like this that are just available basically for free. And it's only like the bottom five QBs that are bad now. Yeah, and so the classic mistake is like the NBA, giving a guy a max deal when he's not a max player. Yep. Yeah. And right. That, that's, that, right. that's what this that's has right. become. So that's where the, that's yeah. where the Bengals I mean, are like at. Foles won a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's what they did. You know, they were like the Ravens, and they were like the Giants, and they were like the, you know, the, the Raiders, and they just they maxed out a guy that – It's just a fungible piece that you can find for free. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Let me ask you this. Is Matt Ryan, which class is Matt Ryan in? So I think those guys are on the cusp. I would put Matt Ryan on the top tier. He won an MVP. He's, he should have beat the Patriots and won a Super Bowl. He's pretty damn good. I mean, Julio definitely helps him. You know, Julio makes him better, but I think Matt Ryan uh, is is above the level where you would extend him. Matthew Stafford. Below. I thought he was above, but I'm looking at what he's doing with, you know, he had Marvin Jones and Tate and Gallup and then, you know, traded Tate and now Marvin Jones is out for the year. Everybody's out for the year, by the way, now. Yeah, I know. But, um, but still, you know, it's like, they, they still had like good backs to throw to and Galladay and Marvin Jones and Tate for most of the year. And the results were underwhelming. And it, it just makes me feel like he's not a guy who transcends the situation. He's, he's fine in a good system, but I kind of put him in more of the Andy Dalton tier than I do in the uh, next tier up now. Kirk Cousins. He's a tough one because his YPA numbers are really good, and he's made those receivers better, and those receivers are really good that he has now. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would probably say no, um, but I, he might be. He might belong in that tier. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think the the problem with this exercise is the teams have to kind of decide in real time. Like we have to decide: is Kirk Cousins worth that? Because that's what he's going to get. Uh, and you know, no, the team's easy. The team's easy. The team gets to see him every day in practice. They know way more than we do about these guys. You know, we're seeing them with different, you know, no, we see them on the free agent market. They better. Get to. 
No, the Vikings had to make that decision. Well, they didn't see him in practice then, but they have way more resources and, and way more time to really look at the tape and, you know, and make a, a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I mean, they do have a lot more info at their disposal, disposal, excuse me, but yeah, I just do think it is a kind of a thing that they have to make a tougher decision because they're the ones in real time. They have to make it. Uh, the teams that have them all along and extend them, oof, oof, those are the tough ones there. And then, of course, the, the draft pick costs that we've been talking about. You've made this point ad infinitum, the Sam Bradford problem, the Sam Darnold problem. Any quarterback named Sam apparently is a, is a problem. Uh, yep. That That's definitely uh, an issue you got to deal with. So now, you know. Sammy Ball was not good Sam that, that played. So let's look at all the teams that are going to need to make quarterback decisions this offseason. You know, I think the Bengals are in that crowd. Uh, the Jaguars, who have benched Blake Bortles. I mean, they finally have acknowledged that they're in that, in that crowd. And again, super high draft pick. At least with the Bengals, it was a second-round pick. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have to make that decision, you know, in the offseason. They're going to have to see, are they going to trade up for the QB in the draft? Are they going to find one in free agency? Are they going to trade for one? How are they going to do this? They had this all this Jacksonville. They had this roster set. They had the defense. They had, you know, Fournette. They, they invest in the offensive line. Now they've had some offensive line injuries now, too. Uh, but they have to make that decision. Dallas kind of has to decide this with, with Dak a little bit. You know, they have to decide. I think, I think Dallas is all in on Dak. Dak, Dak played really well um, in the Thanksgiving Day game against a decent defense. There was, I don't know how much of that game you watched, but. He, there were so many, I mean, the Redskins should have covered a million ways this Sunday and they couldn't do it. Partly missed extra point, partly bad non-penalty calls, but Dak was sacked on third downs and like pulled like a Cam Newton or Roethlisberger where while he's getting sacked, he completed a pass He on the touchdown run that he had. He should have been sacked, got away and ended up, you know, making a really nice touchdown run. He's played better. Having Cooper has been a huge deal. And it's so funny how all the sabermetric geniuses mocked the first rounder for Cooper, who's 24 years old, who was like the sixth overall pick or whatever, fifth overall pick the year he's drafted and immediately had 2000 yard seasons in a mediocre system with a mediocre quarterback. And suddenly, Oh, that's such a rip. How could they pay a first rounder for him? And Dallas is probably going to win that division. And I think that uh, Dallas actually has a puncher's chance against some of these other teams because their defense is pretty good and their offensive line is good. And Zeke is, who's also a very high pick for a running back is in my opinion, been worth the pick a hundred percent. And if Dak plays the way he did against the Redskins, I think Dallas, I mean, they're, they're, they have a real handicap at coach. That's sort of the big negative, but I don't think there'll be an easy out, you know, maybe against you know the Rams and saints, it's going to be hard for them to keep up. But, um, I think, I think they're, you know, they look like a playoff team to me. Okay. Uh, I'm not all sold on Dak because, I, I mean, it's, it's a nice run he's had the last three games. But I can't get past how terrible he looked against Tennessee on that Monday night game with Cooper. Cooper had a good start to that game, and then the second half was just miserable, and Dak made a ton of mistakes that were on him, I thought. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe it is a weapons yeah, thing. I, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what's changed besides Cooper, but um, they need him to be – a little bit more Cam Newton, where Cam can look terrible at times, but the guy's 6'5", 240. I mean, Dak's like, I don't know, 6'4", but he's like 240. Cam may be 250, 260 even, but that you're like, oh yeah, this guy just by his physical skills is a real problem for defenses. That it's not just, he's not going to be, you know, Drew Brees in the pocket or have those kind of, you know, YPA numbers, but 
he's actually the whole package is a problem. And now that he has somebody who can make a play, um, it's he's playing a lot better now. Can we trust Jason Garrett? Probably not. But uh, I think I think uh, yeah, I, I, that I was pretty impressed the way he played against Washington. I know it's just one game, but it was like he he looked like peak Cam Newton basically the way he was playing. Yeah, and you know what? They started throwing to, to Zeke more, and I think that actually changes things. You know, I think it you right. know, it, it does change the defense's look there. They have to worry about that all of a sudden. It's funny that it took them two and a half seasons to figure that out, but they're there now. Uh, okay, let's move to the other teams. Miami, I mean, you don't you can't think that Tannehill is going to be anything better than league average. I think they have to be in the market for a QB. Uh Buffalo Jets, who knows? I think if you're the Jets, you, you draft another QB, but you know, you don't spend a first rounder on them. But you know, sometimes you take these fourth round lottery tickets and be, they become Russell Wilson. I mean, the, the Seattle's plan in the offseason, the year they drafted Russell Wilson, remember they traded for a quarterback um, and then released him. No, they signed Matt Flynn. Did they signed him or they traded for him? Okay. If, well, either way. Oh, whatever. They, but they, they extended him like two years and 10 mil. And he'd only really been in that shootout game against Stafford, right? In like week sixteen that year, where he had like five hundred yards. But yeah, they they didn't know that Wilson was going to win the job. But to their credit, Wilson was just so good in preseason, they just gave him the job. And Flynn never played for them. But uh, yeah, I mean the Jets are going to are all in with Darnold. They can't walk that back. It's, it's too late. They can't. You know the Dolphins will definitely get a QB. I think you know if they can, because I mean Tannehill's just been in the league a long time. But I think that Darnold. Um, the Jets are stuck with him for at least two years and he's been hurt also. So that, you know, that's kind of, they're not going to be able to evaluate him maybe again this year. They're, they're a hundred percent going with Darnold. And if they took a quarterback, it would be like fourth or fifth round and probably not even then. Right. Uh, we, we talked about the Bengals. I, if I'm the Ravens, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. They're talking about splitting time between Jackson and Flacco and, I just can't see that going well. Maybe I, I don't have a big enough brain to envision it right, but uh, I, I think it's a it's problematic if you alternate. You know, you put in a third down QB or something like that. I, I just I don't like the, I don't like that look at all. I think they just got to play Jackson. Yeah, well, I mean, the offenses are complicated anyway, and then you have like players adjusting to two different throwing motions, two different you know the, the velocity of the ball. I don't know. It just seems. It's just going to muck things up. It's just so much that can go wrong. It's not insane to do it. I mean, you know, baseball, they're having, oh, there's openers now. Like, oh, you can't do that. You can't have a guy open the game for two innings. Why not? You know, maybe they can do it that way. I mean, but uh, I, I kind of agree with you that I think it's just sort of a morale thing. They, I, I think they don't know whether Flacco is going to be ready next week. And they can't say, oh, Flacco's ready. He's the starter because Lamar Jackson just won two games, and that's going to hurt his morale. But they don't want to say, well, you know, Jackson um, is the starter no matter what because, you know, Jackson played the Bengals and the Raiders and, you know, Flacco, they don't want to give up on Flacco until, I think when you're getting rid of a guy who's been there 10 years and won a Super Bowl, you don't give up on him until you're totally done with him. You don't lightly bench Eli or Flacco or one of those guys or, you know, if they were to bench Dalton ever without being like, that's the end for that guy. You know what I mean? So if you move on from the job, then you've really moved on. And I don't know if they've seen enough from Jackson to say we've totally moved on, especially with the playoffs still kind of in sight. So I think they're in sort of, they're doing sort of a, they're kind of 
in a situation where they're just trying to keep both guys happy. Now that sounds like neither guy would be happy <laughs> with that because you can't really get paid in free agency or really whatever, but maybe, um, you know, maybe, maybe they're serious. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, okay. Moving on to other ones here. Uh, I, I like the, doing this exercise going through because I mean, you can just see that, okay, they're probably going to need one. They're going to probably need one. Okay. Tennessee, probably not, but man, the Mariota thing, I mean, it, it, the verdict is not in that he's going to be great. Even if, if, even if we assume health, which you can't assume, I think that's part of the problem with him as you just can't assume it because of the nature of the way he plays the game. He gets hit a little bit more often. Uh, and, I just don't know what he's going to be, but it's going to be tough for the Titans to invest in. You know, it's another one of those, okay, we better take another one in the fourth or fifth round sort of type of thing. But there's only so many of those. There's usually like, what, eight quarterbacks that get drafted every year? Yeah, I mean, you know, but you get these things where the Giants take Davis Webb. I mean, I know there's a regime change during their, you know, Webb being there, but it's like he never played. Nope. So you just waste a pick. And then, you know, they got Lawletta this year, and I think they will turn to him maybe as early as this week because they're really out of it now. Yeah, but you know, if the Giants had won this week, like you, you waste a fourth round pick, and then you don't even get to see him. And then once they decide to move on from Eli after this year, they're going to take a quarterback in the first round, probably. And then you have a guy that never gets a shot. So you can't just be taking these fourth round QBs unless you intend to play them. I think Mariota is at the point where he's gotten hurt so much that the Titans will take a QB in those rounds. I don't think they'll take a first rounder. Um, and I think Mariota's like this year is going to matter. Like the rest of the season because they're kind of sniffing in a playoff tonight's game will be the first they lose that, then maybe they're kind of out of it. And then Winston is the other one who, you know, it's unclear whether he's going to be the the bucks quarterback. I'll tell you what, if uh, Winston or Mariota got cut loose, but probably not Mariota, but if Winston got cut loose, which doesn't seem crazy to me, given that they gave Ryan Fitzpatrick the job twice, I wouldn't be necessarily against the giants signing him and drafting a defensive player. I, I agree. I think that would be beneficial. I mean, to get him out of that one dysfunctional environment into another one. Uh, although it's funny, you know, Shermer actually said, why are you guys asking me about Lawletta and not Alex Tanney? Uh, it was one of the things I did see go across Twitter today. I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or not, but if you look at the depth chart, I mean, Tanny is the backup, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping, and I assume that that's coach speak. Like he's a human being on the team getting the reps that he's getting. And if you just immediately assume Lalette is the guy, like acting like Tanny is a human does not exist um, when you know him and see him every day, I think that's not a good look for a coach. So we'll see what they actually do. But I think you have to like at least acknowledge Tanny's existence, which is what he did. Yeah, I think that's. I hope you're right about that for your sake. But it, I did see that, and that that struck Plus, my. Lalette got arrested recently. Yeah, that's done. Um, his punishment is he's had to watch Eli play. Uh, all right, uh, yeah. Jacksonville, we've established, will be looking for a quarterback. Uh, Chiefs, no. Chargers, and something. sometimes you have to start thinking about succession planning. But, you know, great quarterbacks, they play forever. That's one of the things that's kind of, you know, under underscored a little bit. Breeze is ticking at 39. Rivers is still cr- uh, cranking it out. Brady says he wants to play five more years. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, that's one p- position where you can age pretty well. So, you know, I, I wouldn't suspect that the Chargers are going to be looking for a pick early on uh, next year. Uh, 
Broncos, Case Keenum, who knows? Rivers and Brady have never been better. I mean, Rivers and Breeze have never been better. Right. But the thing about Rivers and Breeze is they're playing in the easiest era in which they've ever played. That's true. Like, suddenly nobody can touch them. Yeah. And that's, that's like, good wow, point. And, the, and nobody can touch their receivers either. And they're like, holy shit, this is so easy. Yeah. I'm to complete 20 out of 29 passes. Nobody can <laughs> do anything to my guys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Broncos, who knows with Case Keenum? I mean, they signed him, what, it was a three-year deal they signed him to? They'll, they'll take a quarterback because, they you know, Chad Kelly got released because he was doing some weird stalking. Yep. And Paxton Lynch obviously couldn't make the team this year. Uh, so I, I think they'll that Denver will definitely take a QB, maybe not in the first round. Keenum, of late, has been a good caretaker. Before that, he coughed, coughed up some games for them. So I think they'll take a QB, whether, whether it's uh, – you know, first round QB or like a fourth will depend on, you know, rest of the way. I think Derek Carr is going to be an interesting litmus test. Uh, you know, first of all, are the Raiders going to back him? If not, how does he do in another system? Is it, you know, a total dysfunction of the Raiders well, or was he the active back? Let him go. He's going to be back. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be he'll, a backup. You think so? You don't think anybody like your, like the Giants oh, yeah. will go after him or someone else and say, Hey, we can fix him. Anyway. No way. No, no. I mean, why would you get someone with Derek Carr's track record and his cost and make him your starting QB? Uh, you never know. I just, the perception of him might change, be different than the reality of him. Our, 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 our thoughts on his reality at the very least. Um, right. Maybe. I don't Unless know. he came dirt cheap. Unless, unless he like was already in journeyman status and was like a team who starts like Josh McCown or Fitzpatrick, something like that. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, maybe I guess maybe if somebody's, you know, if a team like let's say the Ravens made the playoffs and get bounced and they're dra- and they're drafting like 23rd and there's no QBs early that they like, they could maybe sign a stopgap car and then like draft a second round QB or something. I don't know. It's I I could see him being a backup. I I mean, if the Raiders keep him, that's crazy cuz the Raiders will have their crack at whatever quarterback they want in the draft. So, right. They're really passing something out. And I don't know anything about college. I don't know about the quality of the prospects this year. I think it's a huge deal. You know, if Andrew Luck is there or if Cam Newton's there or if, you know, someone good, you know, really good. I mean, people didn't know that Pat Mahomes was as good as he was. Otherwise, he would have got taken a lot earlier. At least one team knew that he was going to be that good. (laughs) You got to give the Chiefs credit. They traded up to get Tate. At least one team knew the Chiefs traded up to get him. When did Deshaun Watson get drafted? Like, what what pick was he? Later, later, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you know Deshaun Watson and Holmes, those guys look like long term keepers, and you know they didn't. That wasn't obvious to a lot of teams at the time because they weren't you know top of the class. But great if you get one of those guys. Most of the time, you know Aaron Rodgers was 23rd. Breeze was the first pick in the second round. But a lot of those, a lot of the time, like when you get out of the no-brainer top guys, you end up with Christian Ponder, or Blaine Gabbert, <clears throat> or Sam Darnold, or you know, I'm joking, we don't know yet with Darnold, but they start forcing guys because they're desperate for a QB, so they they see what they want to see. You know, one thing I'm looking at the NFC, there are a lot fewer teams that are going to be aggressively going after a quarterback. There's your Giants, probably the Redskins, because Alex Smith may never play again. Uh, it's that type of injury. 
Um, nobody, but Cowboys, Eagles, they're not going to be drafting one. Bears, Vikings, Packers, Lions, none of them will be drafting one. Saints won't be drafting one. Panthers won't be drafting one. Falcons won't be drafting one. Bucks almost certainly will. Although, who knows with Winston? Maybe they Winston goes at, wins out or something silly like that. Uh, I doubt that happens. But you know, it, you know that that that's he, he's he's and Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals won't be drafting either. None right. of them. Right. That's what struck me. Is there's there you know you know you don't know what's going to happen with Josh Rosen. You don't. But you know, but they've obviously invested in him. The Niners have invested in Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, there's there's very few teams in the NFC that actively have to go after one they may not be getting what they expect out of that position but the afc is where the big mess is yeah but but i mean winston who really might be let go that to me would be a free agent i would go after he's young enough number one overall pick showed glimpses of it that's me that that's you know you don't i wouldn't go sign alex smith or somebody like that to like a big deal like the redskins that was dumb maybe you could justify keenum on a short term deal but i would i would go after uh winston and winston could still be the franchise qb interesting challenge Matt. winston versus Carr. if they both happen to become available uh winston way way better than Carr. yeah i think Carr got his contract though right i think that's the difference yeah he already he's already getting paid yeah so it's not really the same sort of comparison because i think you you Claim car or trade for car, you get his contract, and that's pretty bad. Yeah, well, but Winston, it's interesting to, to speculate on what he'd be, because basically what the Bucks would be saying is we don't want to pay him that second contract. So in order to sign him, he would test the market, right? But like, if nobody wanted to give him that, it might be there's nobody who'd want to give him that second contract because it's not just the on-field stuff; it's off-field stuff. Right. Want to take that chance? So. You know, what kind of deal could he get? He might have like a one year prove it deal or something like that. That's right. That's right. So, okay. Um, I thought this was an interesting exercise. There's fewer teams than I thought that were going to go, that are going to need to go after quarterbacks. It's still a lot, but there's, you know, there's probably 10 teams that should be drafting quarterbacks at the very least. You know, it means 20 teams should, are theoretically happy about their quarterback situation. A little higher than I would have expected, considering well, that you know, if we're, you're, they're, you're they're in a league where you need top ten quarterbacks. Well, they're not happy. It's just that like you either have a top ten, you have a guy who's in the top thirteen who you imagine is in the top ten. So there's like thirteen or maybe fifteen, and then there's like ten guys who are prospects like Trubisky and uh, Rosen and Darnold and, and those kind of guys that you know you just invested in. So you got to hope that they become in the, in the top ten. Mayfield, who probably will be, even Josh Allen, you know, they just use a really high pick on him. They have to kind of stick with it. They don't have to, but they're going to imagine that maybe one day these guys can be top 10. So that's like another five, six teams. And then you've got like some dumb teams like the Bengals in recent years who, you know, have a, they do not have a top 10. It's not even really, well, Dalton could be argued to have been top 10 at one point, uh, but, you know, they just want to hold what they have. And then usually there's only like five, ten teams at the bottom, maybe eight teams at the bottom that are actually going to go all in to get somebody. A couple of them will sign free agents, and then you know the other five or six will will draft a QB. That's right. But actually, only there's usually only three or four QBs available that are even sometimes fewer that are considered you know realistic prospects. That's right. So 
hey, I, that, that kind of covers a lot of what I wanted to hit on today was the QBs and all that. There are some other injuries, but, you know, we're not just – this isn't an injury update podcast. I don't really feel like going through the vagaries of yeah. Sean Jackson's thumb or Marlon yep. Mack or Jeff Hireman. What are you working on for East Coast offense? I don't know yet. I, I sometimes like Damn. no on Monday night. Exactly Great radio. What I'm running about Great podcast. Tuesday, but I, you know what? Here's what, here's one thing that occurred to me that I might write about. And it's um, <clears throat> a very obvious thing, but correlation does not equal causation. Okay. And it's, it's interesting how people think, you know, everyone knows that that's like everybody with a brain knows that, but people start to say things like, well, you know, his YPA was, 5.8 last year. So, I mean, he's toast. He's not a good QB. And, and they act like that's, you know, dispositive, but like, it's like, actually there's nothing you can do in year a that affects anything you do in your a plus one in that way. Like, but you know, I was talking about this in baseball, like no matter how many home runs you hit in 2018, the ball will not travel one foot farther when you make contact in 2019. It's, you know, it's, it may be an indicator. It's certainly an indicator if you hit 50 home runs one year that you have good power, but it doesn't impart extra power to the ball. But the way we talk, just the conventions that we have when we talk, we talk as though prior performance causes good performance. Like it's actually causing it. You know, the, the, it's really just the, the swing that you're putting on the ball with the bat where the pitcher locates it. That's what's causing the ball to fly out, the wind conditions, whatever else, the physical causes. Those are causal, but an indicator just means, yeah, people who tend to hit for power one year tend to hit for power the next. That's an indicator. It's not a cause. Right. So we, you know, I I was going to, I was thinking of it. I don't know how coherent it is, but I was just thinking like when we look at, um, you know, making these predictions for the following year, I think a lot of times we're pretending like we're making causal predictions, but we're actually making uh, correlative predictions. And that we're just basically saying, well, generally, this is what happens in this case, so this is what's going to happen this year. But even though that may be true in a lot of cases, any sort of generally this happens, so I'm going to bet on this, is always correlation. These kind of things are correlated. Now, you might say, well, actually, this causes that generally, so we think it'll cause that in this instance. But even then, you're sort of like, you know, the general situation is always correlated with a specific result. It's not causative of a specific result. Something like that I was considering. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll talk about it more on the uh, but I may change my mind. tomorrow. I, I, I have to flesh it out and see if that's even coherent. That might have just been total nonsense, what I said. Yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, I enjoy reading East Coast offense. I always like your preamble. I, I'll be looking forward to doing Guess the Spread tomorrow on the show. Uh, we can't do it on the pod because we're doing it on our normal day today. So uh, there's that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Talking Yang. Make sure to subscribe to Rotowire if you don't already. Go to rotowire.com slash pod to get your free 10-day trial. Check it out if you want. Uh, Chris Liss's East Coast offense will be up tomorrow morning. My value meter will be up tomorrow night. You want to read me doing hoops? I'm doing that now, too. Uh, I have a weekly hoops article goes up on Mondays. You can check that out. Um, and we're working on baseball. we got hockey. got all that good stuff. So rotowire.com slash pod. Get that free 10-day trial. We'll be back at you again next week. Thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.